Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. Our broadcast today features a conversation from our most recent MetaStrategy Digital Symposium on the topic of rethinking talent strategy for the next normal. The conversation featured Casey Santos, the Chief Information Officer of Assurian, and Sri Danthi, the Chief Technology Officer of Advanced Auto Parts. And the gentleman who led the conversation was MetaStrategy's co-head, Executive Networks, Research, and Media, Stephen Norton. Stephen, welcome. Thanks, Peter. It's great to be here. Well, Stephen, it's it's hard to think of a more poignant topic these days than talent strategies, especially just given the complication that so many organizations are having of both keeping great people, but also importantly, um, adding uh, great people to their fold. Uh, so it doesn't take much convincing as to the relevance of this, but talk from your own uh, perspective as to why this was a particularly interesting topic for us to cover. Sure. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Peter. Uh, the talent landscape has just shifted remarkably over the last couple of years. Um, the demand for highly skilled talent remains extremely high, but the way that organizations find, develop, and retain that talent um, has completely changed. And on top of that, too, is this new focus on how do you maintain a sense of culture in a sort of hybrid world where there's a mix of in-person and remote working. And so that was really the genesis of this panel. We wanted to dig into the ways in which recruiting and retention strategies are changing, talking about the rise of upskilling and reskilling inside organizations, and really start the conversation around how technology leaders are creating a learning mindset within their companies and how that applies not only to IT, but also to the organizations more broadly. That's a great overview, Stephen. Thanks. And I mentioned uh, your conversation was with Casey Santos from Assurian, Sri Danthi from Advanced Auto Parts. In brief, give us a, a perspective as to why they were uh, great personifications of what you've just described. Sure. Yeah. So as, as you mentioned, Casey, she's the CIO at Assurian. They're based in Nashville. They're an $8.5 billion uh, company that provides insurance and support for smartphones and other products. And she's got a really interesting perspective because she joined this role in uh, March of 2021. So she has a lived experience on what it's like to join a job remotely and deal with some of the real challenges of, of hybrid working. And her perspective is, is really interesting, as I think you'll see in this panel, on how she thinks about flexibility and also how she thinks about telling the story of Asurion and telling the company's story. Um, and then Sri, as you noted, the Chief Technology Officer for Advanced Auto Parts, $10 billion specialty retailer. Shree's based in Raleigh. Um, and he has done quite a lot inside Advanced Auto to, to build an engineering culture. And so thinking about um, how do you create spaces that encourage innovation? How do you put customers at the center? And how do you really inspire that learning mindset inside your people? Uh, one of the things that he noted in the panel was really that a learning mindset and a continuous learning mindset isn't optional anymore. And so it was great to get his perspective on how he develops that within his teams. In today's unpredictable environment, long-term success rarely comes by chance. Thriving organizations are able to rapidly respond to whatever comes their way, be secure in the face of ever-evolving threats, and identify opportunities for ongoing innovation. How do CIOs, CTOs, and CISOs like you power these outcomes? It starts with a strong data foundation. That's why over 90% of Fortune 100 companies use Splunk. Splunk's extensible data platform powers full-stack observability, unified security, and nearly limitless custom applications. The result? They unlock innovation, improve security, and drive resilience. Tune into Technovation episode 630 with Splunk's president of products and technology, Sean Bice, in which he talks about what it takes to unlock innovation in this unpredictable world. And to find out more about Splunk, 
Visit splunk.com slash why. And now for a word from our partner, Zoho, and the company's president, Timothy Casby. Prior to taking on his current role, he was the chief information officer of a number of companies, including Reliance Industries, Sears, Intrexon, and the Warehouse Group. He's now at Zoho, a most unusual enterprise software company, and wanted to share some perspectives from it. Timothy, take it away. Thanks, Peter. Since we started our partnership with you a couple of years ago, we have seen increase of 30 million users on our cloud, totaling now to over 70 million users in the global enterprise using Zoho SaaS platform to run their businesses. One of the reasons for this growth is continuous innovation we have focused on in bringing together disconnected and siloed processes under the platform called Zoho One. Zoho One Suite offers over 50 products to run your business. We have now powered it with Zia, our AI assistant, and Zoho's BI analytics platform. This allows users to speak the same language across departments and organizations through predictions and insights the platform provides. Learn more at zoho.com slash one. And now on to the interview. Well, thank you, Stephen. Again, a great description. Well, without further ado, let's get to the conversation, Rethinking Talent Strategy for the Next Normal, featuring Casey Santos of Asurian, Sri Danthi from Advanced Auto Parts, in conversation with Meta Strategies' Stephen Norton. Our topic today for this panel is, is building on the, the talent question you see here, thinking about the way that talent strategies are changing as we head into 2022. And as, as brief introduction to the topic, um, as many have noted today, that the talent landscape and the way that work gets done has shifted significantly and in remarkable ways just over the last two years. And so whether you're an organization that's been affected by the great resignation, or you're leaning even further into your digital transformation efforts as a result of acceleration, the, the through line through that is the need to really focus on cultivating strong people and a strong culture. Um, and so we'll talk about that today with um, Casey and Sri across uh, many different aspects of this. Well, I thought we might start at the, with you, Casey, at the sort of beginning of this process with recruiting. As you've come into Asurion and you're thinking about how to navigate all the changes that have been happening in the talent landscape, how are you tuning your approach to recruiting new talent and, and finding the best people to come and join you? Yeah, so I think a few things. One is um, you you talked about it earlier, this great resignation, I think, with a lot of us at home over the last uh, 20 months, we've had a lot of time to think and we are looking to work in places that uh, align with where we want to be. And so I think we're really looking at telling one our story a little more in a personal way. We understand that um, we have a, a great story to tell, great culture, great um, we're a growth company, we're doing great technology. Um, and I think in the past we would just uh, we relied more on the, the more formal recruiting techniques, and I think we're looking at more informal recruiting, networking, telling our story, um, and that's hard to do in a pandemic. So how do we shift uh, how we network and connect with others um, to make sure that people know about the great opportunities we have? So I think that's been a big one. We've also rethought about location. I think um, we still believe we are better together and that there are times and places where we really need to be together to collaborate and innovate. That said, um, that's not every moment. And so being flexible and meeting people where they are and thinking about how they work and their personal circumstances and providing that has been a, a change in our um, the way we think. I mean, we've been flexible, but we're, it's going to another level now. 
Right, right. I appreciate that. And it's something we've heard from a lot of different uh, technology leaders is that that need for flexibility. And, uh, you know, it seems like now it's figuring out exactly what flexibility means for each of those organizations based on where they are. Uh, thank you. Uh, Shri, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about another key piece of this um, that, that Casey mentioned as well, which is culture. Um, so, as part, of course, we're all looking to bring talent in, but we also have a lot of existing talent. And as we bring people, new people into the door, creating that culture and making that very clear, as Casey mentioned, telling that story and making it real um, becomes paramount. And I know that you've done a lot of work inside Advanced Auto to really focus on building up an engineering culture. Could you talk to us a little bit about some of the, the things that you've gone through to, to make that happen and, and how you define that engineering culture at Advanced? Yeah, sure. I'll be happy to, Steve. So, you know, the Advance uh, is a company that, you know, has a really bold and a relentless drive in everything that we do. You know, this includes uh, ensuring that we operate as a technology company that happens to sell auto parts. Uh, to accomplish this goal, we uh, ensure that all of our business and a cultural transformation efforts integrate technology solutions to better enable how we work so we can really serve our customers. You know, during this pandemic, we demonstrated this by delivering our advanced same day suite of services, such as the advanced same day delivery and advanced curbside pickup. You know, all these things by, you know, building this engineering culture, Steve, that you mentioned. And there are a few guiding principles that we kind of look at as building this, uh, you know, the engineering culture. One, uh, how do we make a, a environment as a comfortable to innovate? As we are bringing in the best in class talent and we want all of our team members to excel and they can see the big picture and are interested in challenging themselves, right? So, you know, start with that customer in mind and bringing in from a customer back, you know, the standpoint, but at the same time, look at the big picture uh, is, is one of them that really kind of, uh, uh, you know, puts the uh, innovation uh, uh, at, the, at the top of mind. And the second area is the uh, enable this intellectual curiosity. You know, we need to have our technology teams go beyond just the core technical skills. Right, and how do we make our team members that they learn new things in a world that's moving at a rapid pace? In a IT, we believe that it's a lifelong learning. Uh, you know, it isn't an optional anymore, right? So, and we you know provide those kind of our trainings to our our team members as part of that. The next one is the you know the passion for the domain. And uh, you know, how do we ensure that we, we find our team members uh, you know, understand and relate to our mission of using technology to engage and energize uh, our various teams? You know, for this reason, our team members strive to build the skills and demonstrate expertise with the uh, projects and to provide a better solution. And the, the next one is the last one is the speed and agility as well, right? So, you know, change is the new norm. Uh, we all have uh, learned a whole lot during this pandemic and becoming complacent is not an option, 
nor it is relevant anymore in any industry, but particularly in technology. And understanding this global landscape and how we change is occurring at a pace never seen before and more important than ever. And as part of this, uh, the reason I'm here in India is, uh, you know, as we launched our technology strategy, we needed a best in class talent. And this is back in 2018 and 2019. And we felt like, you know, we need to go where the talent is versus bringing the talent where we are. And we established a global capability center in uh, India. And uh, we, we opened that up just before the, the pandemic. But through the pandemic, we ramped up our recruiting uh, efforts and we've been able to get a 400 plus uh, our team members here in India. And I've not had a chance to meet with them since uh, they came on board. And interestingly, many of them have not had a chance to meet with each other as well. So, you know, in uh, last week and this week, so I've been meeting with them and understanding how they've been coming on board and how they're learning and and helping us to advance uh, in our company. Uh, fantastic, Sri. I'm so glad that you're able to, to get some face time with them and um, continue to see how, how they've grown and hopefully have some, some good time for, for fellowship and learning. I want to come back to one thing you said about lifelong learning. I think what it implies is, you know, not only do we need to be curious, but as leaders, we have to figure out how to develop that curiosity and how to develop our people over time to make sure that, that that culture of lifelong learning is, is something that's ever present in our organizations. And so Casey, I'd, I'd love to turn it back over to you as, as more uh, people and, and your team at Assurian thinks about how to reskill, how to upskill, and really places more emphasis on career development. What are some of the initiatives that you're pursuing to, to send your teams down that path? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's right. I like to see that it, that was the number one, was the your investing in your own people. So one of the things that um, we are working to continue to grow is our ability to coach and help people through their journey of that lifelong learning, right? A few programs that we're thinking about, one is training our leaders to be better coaches and sponsors and really understanding the idea of sponsorship um, and understanding people's goals and helping un helping them roadmap and being partners in that instead of it's just your career, you go figure it out, right? How do we help you get to where you want to be? Um, we have put in some really interesting programs around software internships where we're taking some of our call center experts and um, helping them and our frontline supply chain folks and helping them build software engineering skills, take classes, have in-house uh, opportunities and projects to work on to kind of move into that next part of their career. We are uh, exploring rotation programs. We already have a really strong internal mobility program where people um, have had multiple roles across the organization and can grow those skills. And those actually just, that's a gift that keeps giving because that ability to connect the dots and understand relationships, which is a big challenge, um, especially right now, uh, we have what we call, um, what we call a cultural bank, right? We were, we were, we had built a really strong culture and then we went into lockdown. And so we're now mm -hmm. just chipping away at that. So how do we bring that back together and, and create those aha moments? But um, so those are things that we look at the, the apprenticeship that we're doing, the rotational programs and the internal mobility programs are things that we are um, leaning into. And then also training our leaders to be better um, coaches 
rather than just task managers. Yeah, I love that you touched on that, you know, not only developing new talent that comes in or, or entry-level talent, but also really making sure that your middle managers and your VPs and everyone uh, is really ready to make that shift together. Thank you, Casey. Um, Sri, I wonder, do you have any um, any similar initiatives that are going on inside Advanced to, to drive some of that reskilling and upskilling efforts? Yeah, yeah no, definitely, Steve. Uh, I mean, especially given the, you know, the, the pandemic time, you know, I would say one, you know, focusing on the their technical and the functional expertise, but we also put together a few things uh, as we call it as a leading with a care. You know, the covering the topics like, you know, caring for yourself and a crisis leadership, virtual leadership or inspirational leadership to help our, all of our leaders to implement a new skill set you know, needed to adapt to this current environment in a while building all of our future needs on this, right? So, you know, that's uh, the, just being that empathetic and uh, engaging throughout this pandemic time uh, is actually, we uh, received a pretty good feedback from uh, our, all of our team members. In addition to that, as Casey mentioned, so a number of, uh, you know, other technical uh, expertise, uh, you know, we also brought in a lot of, uh, a, a lunch and learn type of sessions uh, to uh, upgrade our skill sets. And we also put in more of a rotational, uh, you know, the programs inside of uh, our, our company to move folks from one function to the other. And some of the folks from data engineer into the software engineering side and moving into the other disciplines that we've been able to navigate that to continue to engage them and enhance their skill sets. Fantastic. Uh Great to hear about those programs. Thank you, Sri. Um, we have a couple of minutes left. Um, Casey, I wonder if we could talk a little bit about automation. I know this is something that you worked on a lot in previous roles, and it's something that you're thinking about now at Ashuri. And one of the things that we hear, of course, is RPA and automation is, is really making inroads in a lot of organizations, um, particularly over the last year and a half. But I think the story will be familiar to a lot of people in the audience that it's not always an easy sell, or there may be some confusion around how it gets applied and what it means for people. And I wonder if you could reflect a bit for us on how you tell that story and, and how you approach that as you, you think about ramping up automation within the organization. Yeah. So I think for us, um, automation has a couple of goals. One is to make sure we continue to scale and grow because we are a growth company. We're growing at a, a, a double digit uh, clip every year. And so, um, at some point it becomes hard to throw people at the problem, right? Especially around operational capabilities. And so when we look at automation initiatives, one is to help us with that, scale that, but the other is to give people a more um, meaningful set of work to do, right? And I think this ties back to the conversation we just had about coaching people and being there and helping them navigate their career. And I think the messaging has to be really clear that we're here in this with you to, to bring you along into that next phase. So if you are doing those types of things that are being automated, it's not just a, hey, you'll figure it out. It, we want to help you think through that, train you for those things that are, are more meaningful for you and will actually help us as we work through growth right, and transformation. So if you think about how much we spend on run the business, it's an incredible amount. How can we take some of those resources and shift them into grow and transform. And that's really critical right now because you can't hire yourself out of the problem. I mean, it's, it's really complex and it's hard to find people. So we've got to figure out a way to um, 
shift our focus. And I think that's the messaging has to be really clear that this is also, it's a win-win. It's not a, uh, it's, it's not a headcount reduction conversation. It's a, how do we get you to working on things that are going to be more meaningful for you? You're going to be able to see the impact of what you're doing and how it affects customers directly versus maybe some of the more checkboxing type of experiences. So that's really our messaging. Um, also making sure those people are part of the solution and helping us um, imagine what can be automated, right? And seeing their next step of what can happen after that. Fantastic, thank you for that. Um, okay, so we have two minutes left. We'll move to a, a quick lightning round for both of you. And, and Sri, we'll start with you if you don't mind. But as we've, as we've navigated the last almost two years and, and begun and been forced to work in new ways, um, and as some of us actually start coming back to the office and, and getting a taste of that for the first time, have there been any lessons or tips that you would share with the audience on how best to effectively innovate and collaborate in those sort of hybrid situations? Yeah, no, absolutely, uh, Steve. I mean, again, we are just as we speak, you know, in the process of making the transition to return to work. You know, while we never go back to the way we were, we all know that. Uh, uh, and uh, we're using some of this, uh, you know, environment as an opportunity to really advance our work. Really the, uh, the simplifying and changing, uh, you know, how we work in the future, right? So we definitely had a lot of learnings uh, from this pandemic is that we needed to be nimble. Uh, we needed to listen to our, all of our team members' feedback, and we're using that as an approach to really define our future, to continuously test and learn uh, what's working well and what's not, and how do we adapt to the future. And uh, we know that we don't have all the answers, and we've been very transparent with all of our team members uh, at this point, and as we learn new things and we continue to tweak Right, so they, you know that's uh, you know the first and the second one is that you know we feel uh, that everyone feels differently about this best to work and how they can be most productive. I think we saw the poll earlier uh, today in terms of uh, how you know we feel whether we are more productive or less productive on this, but you know everyone feels differently on this. So the key thing that we're looking at is that how do we really extend the trust and then empowerment to all of our team members to work with their, you know, the, each of the business leaders in developing the way that they work the best for them versus trying to be prescriptive on this. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it, Sri. And Casey, over to you, any, any tips for the group? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a mindset shift that we're working on. Uh, we just opened a brand new beautiful office here. So the timing is really good for bringing people back together to innovate. And really kind of separating our, the way we think about work into a few different buckets. There's kind of the work that you need to focus on at home that you can be really, really um, effective and maybe more focused. There's the work that um, you can do with your team, that's your insular team, your team that you've been working with, your internal team. And then there's those, you know, water cooler moments, the, the connectivity, the networking that happens and that innovation. That's what we're really focusing on. When we come together, let's make it purposeful. Let's be intentional. Like, don't come to the office to stare at your Zoom screen, right? Get in a room, talk to people, go to lunch, interact. And, and you know, we're fortunate we have a great facility to do that in. But I think um, people's mindsets have to change. And so how do we encourage that, right? And how do we model that behavior as leaders, right? You know, should I 
you know, I need to stay home on the Friday just to let people know it's okay. You can stay home on Fridays. It's good. You know, so I think that's some of the stuff we're working on. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yes. Leading by example. Uh, well, Casey Street, thank you so much for your insights today. I know we didn't have nearly enough time, but really appreciate you being here today. And uh, we'll look forward to our future conversations. Thank you so much.